The Sovereignty of God in Psalm 145 on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am grateful to have with us Mrs. Susan Heck. She's been a certified member for quite some time. Many of you are probably very familiar with her material. She's written lots of books. She's an author of one specifically that is Speaking the Truth and Love in a Post-Truth World that was published by Focus publishing. She's written lots of Bible studies for women. She's a constant speaker at different women's events. And you can find out a lot about her on her website with themaster.org. Uh, Susan, you've been around for a long time. We've only met recently, but I'm so grateful to hear of your ministry and the way that you've impacted not just ACBC, but God's church in so many different places. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Dale. It's an honor. Well, it's always good when we nail down and look deeply at passages of Scripture and this topic, the sovereignty of God, when we can look directly in passages of Scripture and see the beauty and the grandeur of God. And, and oftentimes this subject comes up when trials are happening, when difficulty is happening, because it's in those types of trials that we as humanity, we question the sovereignty of God. And you're looking particularly at Psalm 145. And so I want to hear a little bit about that. Why, why are the Psalms in your mind very important in counseling, especially when counseling others who are walking through difficulty? Well, I think they're extremely important because as we counsel various types of people with different types of problems, and we know that David wrote most of the Psalms, and you know, he goes through various difficulties in life. He has people that betray him. He has family that betrays him. His best friend betrays him. He goes through times where, you know, he's fearing his, for his life. And so the various types of trials that we see various different kinds of people go through, David seems to have the answers. He pours out his heart to the Lord. He tells the truth, what's really on his heart. He speaks in truth and sincerity, but then he always comes to the end. And he always seems to say, but I will trust in you. I will trust in you. And so I think it gives us help and hope as we counsel people through the Psalms. They're so encouraging to see real men of God who really went through real difficulties of life, but they come out trusting God and their hope is in God. Yeah, I think that's right. And so many times when we read the narratives of Scripture, we dehumanize people. We, we sort of walk through their life super quick and we forget that, you know, they had sleepless nights. They had difficulty. They were emotional beings just like you and I and, and often responded to stress and difficulty and, and true fears that, that we have. And, and we see that sort of fleshed out a lot in the Psalms. And you've recently walked through a very difficult trial. Uh, so many of our listeners have been impacted certainly by the pandemic and, and COVID and not just being ill and some of you severely so, but, but some have lost their life. You've walked through a recent time where you've lost your husband who was a pastor for many years. You served as a faithful pastor's wife for many years. I want you to talk for just a second in the way that the Psalms does. How has Psalm 145 ministered to you in, in light of your husband's Recent, recent departure to glory. Well, it has ministered to me, Dale. I think about how God is even sovereign in that. A year ago, I picked this topic for ACBC this week. 
And only God knew that he was going to call my husband home to heaven right before ACB, ACBC. Seven weeks ago, my husband went to heaven. And uh, the Lord has used Psalm 145 to minister to me in various ways. I think of how the psalmist recalls God's goodness and his faithfulness and his compassion and his loving kindness. And I've truly seen that exhibited in my life in so many ways that it would take the rest of our time on this podcast to tell you. But I've lived it. And I was so thankful yesterday when I was sharing this with the ladies to be able to say, I've walked this. These things are true in Psalm 145. This is not a made up myth. This is God's inspired word that has shown himself strong on my behalf. And I am so grateful. I have sensed the peace of God in ways I never have in my whole Christian life. So Psalm 145 has ministered to me greatly in the last few weeks as I've prepared to teach this week. You know, I find that interesting, and this happens to me quite a bit when when I walk into the counseling room. The things that I say most effective often to the to the counselee is when when the passages become real to me and not just something theoretical. It's something that I've walked through where I've needed the truths from that passage to to hold me close, to help me to understand God as a refuge, to keep me from sin, or to you know restore me after some sin and brokenness. And this is exactly the way the Lord uses this. That's an amazing thing that the Lord gave you, this Psalm 145 that you're preparing to teach at our, our national conference in one of our breakout sessions. And the Lord was readying you. What great care he gives to his children. You know, it's different when when you walk through something like that, the confidence that you have in the Bible, when you walk into the room to help somebody, you know, even in some really difficult situations. Now, now I want to talk about the application of something like this. We talk about counselees and, and, and we always want to help ourselves as counselors to grow in the scripture and our knowledge of scripture. How can we encourage other counselees to focus on God's sovereignty? And, and this is sometimes a hard transition because we're dealing with difficulty in their life, sometimes very deep sorrow and struggle and difficulty. So we don't want to just throw passages of scripture at them. So, so how do you, how do you take these ideas from Psalm 145? How do you introduce it to them? How do you help them to understand the beauty of God's sovereignty in the middle of their trial? Well, I think that's a very good question because, you know, I think about Job and, you know, his counselors that were miserable. And I have found through this trial in my life, I know that God is sovereign. I've seen it in my life throughout my pilgrimage as a Christian. But I think in trying to get our counselees to focus on God's sovereignty, we almost have to help them in very simple steps, especially when going through a trial. For me, it was very interesting after the Lord took my husband, I looked at my speaking schedule and it was 11 speaking engagements back to back. And I thought, how kind of God, how sovereign of him to give me something to do for him and his glory. Now that he's taken my husband home, I have this work to do. I'm continuing to do the work that God's called me to do, that my husband wanted me to do. He supported me all these years, the 46 years we were married to serve the Lord. He wanted me to use my spiritual gifts for the Lord's glory. And so I think sometimes just helping them see, now, how has God been faithful to you? What do you see that he's done in the past and the present that gives you confidence in the future that he is sovereign. He's ruling over your life. And so I think with some people, you don't just throw it in their face like, well, God is sovereign. I remember one time coming home from a lady who had just died of cancer. I'd stayed with her for two weeks and I told my husband, I really don't want to go into church tonight, but I will. And the first thing she said is, why are you crying? She's in heaven. 
And I thought, wow, that's a strange thing to say to someone's hurting. And so I don't think we can do it right then. But as we walk through them uh, with the trial, we can point out how God has been sovereign and he will continue to be sovereign, the ruler over their life, over every blessed event and every circumstance. Yeah, I know for me, when I hear about the sovereignty of God, particularly when when trials are, are happening, there's a comfort. And there's a place at which we need to wrestle with that because when difficulty happens, especially when we're talking about life and death issues, that foundation is shaken. We're, we're humanity. We're, we're dust. We are, we are frail. And these things are, are difficult to walk through. You know, Susan, even in what you just mentioned, you described a massive distinction between us as biblical counselors and secular counselors. Secular counselors would never be transparent in, in a situation like this, right, where, where we're sharing the beauty of the experiences that the Lord has given to us and how we've seen the Lord come through as a comforter, as we've seen him be our strength in difficulty, as the sovereignty of God has ministered to us well. And I, I think even as we grow older and we experience the difficulties of life, that increases our ability to have the knowledge of God, not just existential intellectual knowledge, but experiential knowledge that he's proven himself true and faithful in a different way. And even in the way you described that, dealing with the counselee is you being transparent. You're not keeping some code of ethics of a dual relationship. You're being a Christian. You're sharing your life with them and discipling them in the way in which God has taught you. And that's the beauty of Christian ministry. And, and one of the massive distinctions of biblical counseling, and I'm so grateful for you being willing to share that. Now, I, I also want to ask you specifics, maybe about Psalm 145. Uh, what are some key things that you would pull out that, that really have anchored your heart in moments of difficulty? Well, I like David's responses in Psalm 145, just what he does. He determines to make God's name known, even though he's, you know, going through difficult times. And I think we do need to make his name known. Uh, he purposes to pray, call out to God and, and to do that in sincerity and truth. Lord, this is what really is going on. And one of the things I brought out too, is that David sings, he says, I will sing of your righteousness. And so one of the things that has been a blessing to me in the last seven weeks is to play music and, you know, music is the window of your soul and to recall good theological hymns and, and modern songs that are good and theological, not the trite music of our day, but that has ministered to my soul. And David really brings that out. I will sing of your righteousness. I will extol you. I will pray. I will recount these things and remind myself of these things. And so I think as, as we go through Psalm 145 and look at those 16 attributes that David so beautifully sets forth, we have to respond to our sovereign God in these ways. To me, it's been a great joy and hope to do that and to see how God has enabled me to do that. And I know he can do that for all who are going through difficult times. Now, I couldn't help but think of Philippians chapter 2 when you're describing all of that. Philippians 2, where the Lord tells us through his word that, that we're to have the mind of Christ and we're to prefer others as more important than ourselves. And even when we're walking through trial, that's exactly what you pointed out with David is it wasn't about him and his life. It was about what the Lord was doing and how do we use our life for the glory of the Lord. And, and some people may say that that's impossible. How can we do that? You know, we're a culture that's so driven by circumstances and the things that are going on around us. And we feel like we're sort of at the mercy of those circumstances. But what you just described was something radically different. 
where, yes, the circumstances are difficult. We, we don't deny that, but we anchor ourselves into the truth of God. And, and think about what just happened to the purpose and the value of life that God is now entrusting you with something to where you can display his goodness through the middle of something that changes the way that we see life. Thank you for sharing this. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a couple of resources. I know in studying passages of scripture, you know, the, the Lord has given lots of people through church history wisdom to, to help us to understand these things. So share with us some, some resources that, that you found helpful and supplemental to the things you talk about in your workshop. Well, I think Steve Lawson has a, uh, I think it's about 20 weeks of videos our church went through, profound on the attributes of God. Of course, the classic is A.W. Pink. It's a little more meatier, but on the attributes of God. And then I was thinking recently, especially for women, Martha Peace's book, Precious Truths, Practice, Holding Fast to God When You Are Overwhelmed. She deals specifically with the some attributes of God in her book, especially for women. And so I think her book is really practical. And she, one thing Martha does is she has a great chart. You know, I'm thinking this, that I should be thinking this as we consider the attributes of God as we go through trials in life. So those are just a few of the things that I found to be helpful and you might have some more in your arsenal. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Now, I, what I want to do before we go is I, I would love to allow people to get connected with you. I mentioned your website with the master.org. You've written several things that are posted there, place you can find that information. I mentioned one of the particular books, Speaking the Truth in Love in a Post-Truth World. My goodness, we need that right now. But you mentioned that you're doing quite a bit of speaking and you speak to women in different places. Uh, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and said, you know what, we got a women's ministry event coming up and we would love for Susan Heck to come and share, uh, how would they get in contact with you? Well, they can get on my website and all the information's there, my, my phone number, my email, everything's on there. So, okay. Very good. Well, Susan, thank you so much for not just this year at our annual conference and sharing, but also for two things, faithful ministry alongside your husband in the church for many, many years. I think that speaks more volume than any platform could ever give. The second thing is your involvement in ACBC and NANC for years and years and years, that you've been a faithful lady who has taught women, discipled women, and trained women how to do this ministry of counseling. And, and we're grateful for the work that you've done. Thank you. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I'm so thankful for Susan and her consistent work to, to teach and to train ladies in biblical counseling. She has been a stalwart in many, many places teaching and training. I'm so grateful for her testimony of perseverance and endurance, even through losing her husband this past year. So continue to pray for her and her work there in Oklahoma. Now, I do have an exciting announcement to make and something that is forthcoming here from ACBC. We are digging way back into the classics of biblical counseling. I don't know if any of you remember Dr. Richard Gans, who produced a book. He was a psychiatrist. He produced a book called Psychobabble, and that book has been recently out of print, which I have lamented. I use this book in my classes, and sometimes looking on Amazon, the supply is so low it can cost in upwards of 100 bucks we were able to secure the rights to Psychobabble, and we are currently publishing that book. And so you need to be paying attention on social media to see when that book will re-release. We want to get that back out to the public. I think it is a good measuring stick of both healthy apologetic against secular philosophies, but also a healthy, biblically saturated 
growing of biblical counseling, and he helps us to see a framework. And I think it's a book that doesn't need to die and that generations to come should be looking to read that book and to be blessed by it, to be encouraged by it. So make sure that you're paying attention to social media. Looking at our website, we'll make an announcement at biblicalcounseling.com. Mm-hmm.